glorifying go over that hill. Have you all? As a place that, as Govardhan, as Haridasa Barrio, the greatest of devotees, is facilitating Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. And the verse that you've just received by DSL, special delivery, now, which wouldn't have been possible 500 years ago because each one would have to have been written out on by hand on a palm leaf. That takes a long time because on a palm leaf you have to use a stylus and you have to press it on the leaf to make a mark and then when you make all the letters you put it out in the sun and then the part that you pressed turns dark. And that's what makes the letters on a palm leaf scripture. So we didn't have time to do that. So we went to the coffee shop. That's relevant to our discussion about the Brihat Madanga. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was a reformer. At the time that he appeared, there were many misconceptions about the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's a way in which Krishna says to Uddhava and the Srimad Bhagavatam that over time the message that is originally taught becomes diminished because agrees somebody adds something or subtracts something until it no longer resembles the original process. And every once in a while at the right time a reformer comes, Krishna or one of his representatives to bring the path back to the straight and narrow. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur taught various methods of devotional service based on the Shastra that we as members of ISKCON have imbibed and that seem quite natural to us, but they're very intentional. One of them is the idea of Yukta Vairagya. As is mentioned in the Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu Anasaktasya Vishayam Nyatarham Upayunjita Nirbanda Krishna Sambande Yuktam Vairagya Muchate. Does that sound nice combination? Prapanchikataya Buddha Hari Sambandi Vasuna Mumukshavi Prityagyo Vairagyam Palgukatyate, which means that everything we see in the universe is paraphernalia to be used in service to the Lord. What's more, the verse goes on to say that if something's available to us to be used in Krishna's service and we renounce it based on this sense that I don't want to meddle with the material energy, then this is called Bhagavad Rai Ragya. It's false renunciation or superficial renunciation. It's not meaningful. On the other hand, the idea of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is the same idea that Krishna presents in the Bhagavad Gita, which is Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir Brahmagnau Brahmanohutam Brahmaiva Tena Gantavyam Brahma Karma Samadina. And that is that 
anything that we see in this world that we engage in Krishna's service becomes spiritualized. And Prabhupada used to give the example of an iron rod. If you put an iron rod in fire, and in the metaphor, the fire is the fire of offering something to Krishna, then the iron rod turns to fire by association. So similarly, whatever we have, what do we have? Does anybody have anything? You don't have anything? You have a phone? Okay. Are you afraid I was going to take it away or something? <laughs> okay. Okay, what else do you have? Anybody have a house? A bag? There's a bag here, a car. You have a watch? Cartels? <laughs> Everything. You could make a list of all the things you have, and you'd be surprised how many there are. All of those things can be used in the service of Krishna. This is real renunciation. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur taught this. So this is one important principle. A second important principle that opened the door for Krishna consciousness to spread all over the world is a principle based on the teachings of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. Of course, in the Gita, Krishna says everyone's eligible for devotional service. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what body you have. You, anybody can engage. It's not exclusive to a certain gender, class, Everyone's eligible for pure devotional service. There's no bar. And Prahlad Maharaj, Viprad Vishad Yukta Guna Aravinda Naba, Padaravinda Vimukachwa Pacham Varishte, he says that even a person who's coming from ostensibly the lowest position, I don't know if it still counts, but the dog eaters, those who cook and eat dogs, they come up a lot in the Srimad Bhagavatam and other places because, I don't know, dogs, I mean, anyway, I won't go into the details. Leave it to your imagination. But the point is that on a scale from those who in the material world have a very lowly position or somebody who apparently has a very high position. Does it... We have to test the limits, I suppose. That's too high, I think. Unless you can't hear. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. That's... Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur pointed out through Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita and other Vedic scriptures that everyone has the right to take to devotional service. What's more, the idea of caste, like Brahmanism, that is being a Brahmin. This, in some parts of so-called Hindu society is considered to be a birthright, not something that one attains by sadhana or by association. But this is backwards. In fact, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Chaturvanya Mayashishtam Guna Karma Vibhagasha, which means that whatever position you have in the material world, 
is determined by guna and karma, by what you do and what your qualities are. And the qualities of a person can be reformed. And how does one reform one's qualities here in this world? Let's just say I'm born in a family where for Thanksgiving everyone comes together to have a dog. And can I be reformed? Yes. By the process of Bhakti Yoga, chanting Hare Krishna. <clears throat> the admonition given by Devahuti in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in which she exclaims, Aho Bhattashra Pachato Garyanya Jiva Grevartate Namatu Bhyam Tepusta Paste Juhuvasasna Arya Brahmanachur Nama Granantiete she says, Aho! Everyone say, Aho! That's not how you say it. It's like, Aho! Means how wonderful it is that if someone just says Hare Krishna, how much? Just one time, Hare Krishna. Such a person is said to have graduated all of the various Vedic rites. They've been to the holy places. They've performed all kinds of pious activities. And Srila Prabhupada compares it to seeing your friend. Your friend's name is Dilip. And he's a high court judge. And you say, Dilip's a high court judge? Means he must have gone to law school. He already graduated. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a high court judge. So one who takes to the process of Krishna consciousness is known to have graduated already. You've gone through law school. You've already come to this position, surpassed the Vedic rites and so forth, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Vedeshu yagneshu tapasu chaiva, daneshu yat punya palam pratishtam, adyeti tatsarvam adam viditva, yogi param stanam upaiti chajam. If you take to the path of Krishna consciousness, you're not bereft of reading all the Vedas, doing charity, doing penances, austerities, etc., etc. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati was so philosophically powerful and spiritually powerful that he established this principle so much so that he opened a, a large door to let through the whole world into the practice of Krishna consciousness. Mostly, and you'll find it even here in Puri, try to go in some temple and people say, based on how light or dark your skin is. In fact, we had kids who were born, who were definitely Indian kids, but they were too light, so they wouldn't let them in. It's like, nope, can't go in. This is um, a material conception. Which, what the Bhagavatam says is that if you're a devotee, if you're practicing Krishna consciousness, you're chanting Hare Krishna, then you've surpassed all of the other requirements and you're considered more than a Brahmin. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, to prove this, he was very demonstrative in the Yukta Vairagya, which I mentioned earlier, using everything for Krishna. Although most sadhus would go barefoot, he had his, many of his students wear shoes, fancy shoes, and wear a nice suit to come out to the world and say, whatever it takes, we'll integrate any way we can. And he also brought them, uh, put them in cars, which was unheard of for sadhu. Sadhu was walk everywhere barefoot, keep a simple profile. But he said, no, use everything for Krishna's service. And he 
philosophically defeated in one assembly that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was supposed to attend, he, but he was ill. He sent his son Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur to defeat the notion that you had to be born into this in order to take up the process. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta went as the representative of his father and he so soundly defeated the opposition in a huge debate at which thousands of people attended. The crowd went wild and they all afterwards exalted Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and to the, their excitement grew to the degree that practically there was a stampede of them wanting to touch his feet. So somebody saved the day by dousing his feet with some water, putting it in a bucket and then spraying everybody. <laughs> and that stayed the crowd. The point is that Srila Bhaktisiddhanta is an acharya and he established these principles so that we could take to Krishna consciousness and we could also give it to everybody all over the world, which is the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but it has a philosophical base. And that's not something that's one and done. It goes on always. There's always some challenge to the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. That's why Prabhupada told us, you have to read my books. And you have to read them thoroughly and you have to read them constantly in order to be able to actually know why you're practicing Krishna Consciousness and to be able to deliver it to others.